Welcome to Bullcaster, a crypto talk show with the most exciting guests and an incredible co-host, Konstantin Kogan. Hi everyone, welcome to Bullcaster, a talk show for all the crypto bulls. Here we are to discuss the most exciting industry topics with the best industry experts, influencers, and remarkable personalities. I'm Konstantin Kogan, co-founder of Bullperks, and we're excited to welcome our guest for today, Jeff Pulver. I know Jeff for many years so far, and he's like uh, not only an amazing personality, but like a internet like VoIP pioneer. He's a co-founder of Vonage, Agrivi, uh, Free World, Dialup, uh, Vaughn, uh, Devolution, and uh, he's also astrophotographer, which we're going to have a separate conversation about it. <laughs> and you know, he basically was one of the like you know the pioneers in the entire VoIP space. So hi, Jeff. Really hi. see you here. <laughs> Very grateful to be here. Thanks for having me as a guest. Um, we're eager to hear more about your personal journey from telecom to the exciting world of blockchain. Uh, could you share, like, how did you, like, how did you get involved? Well, my, my journey started prior to blockchain even being blockchain back in the '90s, when voice over IP was happening and uh, people were delivering the ability to just communicate effectively on the internet. Payment systems were being deployed on the internet. Back in, in like 96, there was DigiCash and CyberCash. So I saw, always saw a need to have commerce or digital commerce happening. And then there was a little, I won't say shadiness associated with CyberCash and DigiCash, but it didn't quite take on. But it was always in the back of my mind. But then I made that decision to go all in on internet voice communication services with voice on the net and video on the net. And then I watched the rise of Bitcoin uh, while we were doing Vaughn and it happened. And uh, I couldn't help but notice that finally we have the ability to take an asset and deliver it from one point to another and prove that it went from me to you. Uh, once we have that ability to prove, to move assets like that definitively, um, that was a, a change. And so I started seeing projects popping up. Uh, originally people were using blockchain for Wi-Fi roaming stuff which I wasn't quite sure was really uh, an answer to a prayer or a prayer waiting to be answered, but at least it was a demonstration, but it was coming from the outside. But most recently, in the last couple of years, I'm seeing a lot of folks who are built from the telecom side looking to using blockchain technologies to, to solve real world problems. You know, one of the biggest challenges we still have today in the world of communications is trust. Uh, and if we could find ways to use blockchain to bring back trust, maybe we would have less robocalling and maybe people would answer the phone more often. But right now, no trust. And what does blockchain give us? The ability to trust even people who we don't have relationships with. So there's there's a lot there. And I think it's an untapped market. You think DeFi is big? Let me tell you. De 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 decentralized communications, a much bigger business. And one day, people will benefit from all of that. And it's it's really interesting that you mentioned that because one of my next questions would be like to like well I was looking at the growth of the you know telecom industry and and you know the specifically the blockchain market in the telecom industry where like sixty one percent or more like of compound annual growth rate. Um, I would I wanted to ask you like how is blockchain technology impacting the tele telecommunication industry right now as we speak? Not enough. And by the way, I think sixty one percent is conservative. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, there are different things that are happening right now. There are projects taking place using blockchain for caller line identification so that people actually know for, in real life into a call center who the person is. Uh, there's a friend of mine that's using uh, blockchain technology to turn bandwidth into a new asset class. So telecom operators could take their investments and in infrastructure and their excess capacity, have it tokenized, 
and actually delivered uh, as an eSIM through an NFT, which they use the data, data structure of NFT and deliver it to a consumer as, as an eSIM and then take themselves out of the conversation. So mm -hmm. that's, that's happening. There, there are people using blockchain as incentives. Uh, there's a friend of mine who's offering free phone service in Mexico, where if you play with ads on the phone, you get connectivity. Uh, and so there's lots of different projects that are taking place where people are connecting the world with each other, each of them more interesting than the next, a lot of them focusing behind the scenes. There's a, a settlement, you know, you may not, people listening may not realize that the telecom industry today is approximately $2 trillion in value, $2 trillion. Uh, so it's a little bit bigger than the total market, uh, market cap of where the, 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 the crypto market is today. However, there's real money taking place every day. There's millions of dollars, billions of dollars each month in settlements. And a big opportunity is for decentralized settlements to take place between the mobile operators, between the, the, the landline operators and the cable operators. And that's lots of discussions taking place, real world applications today. Um, and of course, there's just, I mean, I look at lots of projects. Uh, there's decentralized video, like we're using different video technologies today. People want to use decentralized video systems to just change the, the dynamics of how uh, some architecture works. But there's, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm tracking about 28 different projects right now that are dealing with uh, decentralized voice and video on the internet and, and more coming down the mark. It's just, it's a natural progression, a natural evolution of internet to go be internet-based, now decentralized, now reinvent yourself. And by the way, if you're a mobile operator this is, and you're a tier one operator, this is a great way to get involved. Um, in the near future, I see like our, our phone bills being delivered as NFTs. You know, if you want to do customer incentive programs, why not leverage people's wallets or help use the way you use these platforms to teach the future to the next generation? I, I do think that it's when the mobile phone, the mobile operators and the cable operators start to realize that Gen Z do not understand why they exist. They'll start to engage at a level which they now will have to to show their value creation. So I'm a. Uh, you know, for me, it's not just blockchain as a technology that's way out there. It's finding practical ways to make it useful today, to validate, to add value, to to provide critical mass and, and critical infrastructure that we can depend on so that we have that trust. So that when someone calls you, by the way, it is the person who you say it, who they say it is, and that we could have this identification and this authoritative way of connecting. So um, I'm a big fan because I think this is a problem worth solving. And I think that we will learn, you know, there's um, the internet grew up since the 1960s, the, the, I, the, you know, the, the IP protocol has been evolving. And I, I think we're finally at a stage where a lot of the innovations from the web three world will, will connect through telecom and bring us the web two side. In fact, we'll have one world where we don't know about web two, web three, web four, web five, it won't matter. What we'll have are people using the technologies doing things we couldn't do five or 10 years ago and building a platform that scales into the future. There is something interesting you mentioned about like the potential just to know who is calling you, right? So according to Juniper Research, you know, the telecom sector grapples with an annual $40 billion in roaming fraud. So posing significant challenges in both telecom companies and consumers. And now 
with advanced of AI where you can fake anyone's voice and you can literally call, I mean, I can call your, like your parents, let's say like, you know, and, and basically like fake your voice or some of your relatives. So that poses even more challenges. So how does blockchain helps to solve the, the, these practical issues? Well, from a practical perspective, you could use blockchain as a database. I mean, so people who are, I know everyone watching this show knows about blockchain and uh, I wouldn't have to explain how it works, but there are people who are still not blockchain savvy who don't realize that blockchain in essence is a database. And I, I, I refer back to DBase too, but people are not old enough to realize that I was joking about that. And that's a DOS based deep. Anyway, the point is if we have phone numbers that are authoritative, that, that are, that are uh, registered to you and to me, how do we verify that it's us, right? So right now the phone system, the phone networks have legacy ways of doing it. And uh, wouldn't it be nice if we could actually, as a network operator, we could authenticate who's calling. So we know that it's not a spam call, not a robocall, not a bad actor. So that prior to coming into the conversation, we protect you. We have like a level of filtering. We have a way to uh, identify. Because right now, if you pretend to be me as a phone number, people may think it's me. And, and what's worse is you may be using my voice and do nefarious things, and that's really not cool. Particularly, they'll think it's me. Uh, so how can we do this? Well, we have lots of ways from a cybersecurity perspective to at least build best practices. We could build relationships where we have trust. Immutable trust is nice. True trust is even nicer. And having a system with that interlock that provide a way that we could think through and create things we couldn't do before that's to me the ultimate solution. So it's, we're not going to be able to be 100% free of anything because when people want to do bad things, they always find a way to do bad things, but we can minimize it. And my hope is that these technologies are not ignored, that just because people have associated fear and other terms and other bad, bad actors with these technologies in the past, that we're finally living in a time where they now provide solutions to do things that were never before practical, but today possible. And that comes with the ability to have increased bandwidth. And um, how do we protect our numbers? We're going to have to trust somebody, an authoritative source. Um, and we're going to have to figure out how we do communicate. But maybe it's not by phone numbers anymore. Maybe one day it will be by your voice. Maybe, you know, imagine that you're going to call me and I give you a test password and that we have to verify that you know mm -hmm. me only because you know my password. And and so there will be ways to have out-of-band signaling. But for me, when I look to the future of communications, I look to a time when we can create and share the purpose and the, the intention of the call so that you know who's calling you and why. And then you can determine, okay, how do I prioritize that in my life? And do I go to, do I not answer the call now or do I answer the call now? Because it's, it's, it's how we communicate is always changing. And it's just ironic that so many years into the internet revolution that we're, that less calls are getting going through than more. And yet we're still being overloaded with too many requests to communicate with us. So um, it'll be figured out, but it, and, and blockchain will be a core part of that answer over time. So, and coming back to the answers, right? You know, your efforts with uh, the Pulver Order in 2024 uh, were truly transformative and groundbreaking, like, you know, for the world of communication technology and overall for the industry, right? So, so that's basically for someone who are not familiar with this, when it was issued like in a federal communication commission and like there's incredible things happening there, but I live, Jeff, like explaining this part but looking looking ahead what do you believe like you know are the most promising opportunities and challenges for blockchain and telecom uh, convergence like and where do you see this convergence like now 
Well, just to give a little background to what you hinted at is that if there's anyone here listening who's used things like Signal or WhatsApp or Telegram to call somebody in the last 19 years, uh, you haven't paid for the call, have you? You're welcome, because that's what the over order did. I, I, I went to the FCC to create a greenfield opportunity to protect all innovators that voice communication that originates on broadband should not be regulated as telecom. And in, in February 12, 2004, that's what the order's been. And it's been honored in many countries around the world, not just for voice, but also for video. And in terms of what's next, imagination, creativity, these are two words that you don't necessarily hear in the communications industry internally. But I could tell you for the first time, we're living in a time where phone companies are now considering open up, opening up their service creation APIs. So that if you want to create, if you want to take Bullcaster and be a service on, on a phone network, there'll be a time when you can actually do that, where someone could actually dial in and hear your latest uh, ruminations, where you can actually have a service providing uh, access to wonderful information. And, and how that happens, it's, it's really, again, it's up to moments in time like this, where people get to look at the past, think about what they couldn't do, and now find the path to getting it done. Um, for me, it's always about connecting dots. And so the, 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 now that we're living in a world of level twos, we're living, some people talking level threes, the good news is that we're not flying a plane on blockchain through the phone company. And we're not talking about increasing post-dial delay so that when you call, if you do call somebody, the call should go through. But we are, but, but what I am talking about is adding additional intelligence on both ends and, and using these systems to put in place to assure you so that imagine call, going to a call center, you never, ever have to identify yourself ever again because your caller ID is associated with a database that you approve where your personal information is sitting there. Maybe they'll be in, the, in the future, not only will you own your data, but if you opted in for your data to be used, if anyone monetized it, you get a piece of the revenue. You can create personal DAOs or DAOs of communities where your information is being pulled together. And, and, and all of a sudden, the people you learn to not like, which are your utility companies, Maybe they're going to help you monetize your brand, your personal branding, because you're a buyer, you're in an ecosystem, and they can actually bring revenue to you because they could actually share that revenue they're generating with you if they wanted to. So I, I think we're going to start seeing some new modeling to take place because I do think the telecom industry has to do a major rethink uh, and ultimately realize that with the public switch telephone network being phased out eventually, we're going to be left with high-speed internet, 6G, wherever that becomes, high-speed cable, lots of bandwidth, and services to be created. And it's going to be up to the blockchain community, I think, to understand where the future is going and help us with that connectivity. But it's, you know, once we're connected, I believe our brains will connect too, and we could be unbounded in the types of services one could start to rely on because it's it's not what we used to do it's what we'll do tomorrow that will matter yes i couldn't agree more i think it was a beautiful uh picture that you're painting like uh, let's hope it's gonna actually happen <laughs> pretty soon um thank you for for this part so like obviously like you know really appreciate sharing your thoughts and like it went open to you know the floor to the community to so they already wrote a lot of questions to you so i'll just gonna you know go and read them uh, one by one, and feel free to answer like in any shape or form you prefer. Sure. Uh, so, Crypto Queen from Twitter is asking: uh, the telecom industry is undergoing a major transformation due to the rise of five G. How can blockchain be used to facilitate the deployment and management of five G networks? So, at uh, I have an up. I have an, my my next event is Vine Evolution. It's in New York City, uh, October thirty first to November second. 
uh, Von Evolution is the dot com is the event. And I, at that event, I actually addressed this specific issue so that there's a wide use of 5G in enterprise uh, deployment of extra bandwidth capacity. And so, uh, for example, my friend Sarucci, who runs Giant Protocol, she has built a solution where she's offers consumers who are who are traveling um, as ro as data roamers uh, eSIMs that she's uh, did that she's basically uh, uh, using blockchain for to create these NFTs and tokenizing it and selling it as eSIMs. And so her solution. So imagine she's the person who invented prepaid calling cards. She didn't do that. She's actually created pre prepaid bandwidth. And she's facilitated the ability to do bandwidth trading. And so I look at what she's doing to be adopted by by carriers in scale. And perhaps she'll incentivize people to be even compete with her to have other exchanges. But in terms of what's possible, again, the trouble we really have is it's almost anything is possible now. So how do we focus on it? Um, the operators have the great capacities, and of course, they also have spent a lot of money. Uh, but but those who invest into the future will benefit from it. And, 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 I, and I think that we'll start to understand the dynamics where there'll be uh, the ability now to do things we spoke about years ago. It, it, what used to be not practical becomes practical. Yeah, legacy systems takes time to kind of <laughs> improve. It, it, you know, the, the, the PSTN, the Public Choice Telephone Network, life in 2018, yet it's still around. So yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I will not even provide my two cents on it. It's a long story. But uh, another question from Asli Demirel from LinkedIn. Um, he's, uh, he's writing, telecom and crypto are facing increasing demands for sustainability. How can blockchain help telecom operators reduce their environmental impact? Um, funny they should mention that. You know, I, I recently got to know the folks at uh, Cello, mm -hmm. and um, they happen to be a sponsor of my upcoming event. But most importantly, they had the with their with their browser uh to be deployed in africa for 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 stable coin payments uh mm -hmm. in, in in that environment and i think that what people people in that realize is that the entire world's still not connected that we may have we may have about eight billion people on this planet about four billion people or so which is a lot of people on the internet but there's still a whole unconnected world not only do you have the unbanked you have the unconnected uh, in August, I was uh, fortunate to travel to Rwanda. I hosted a conference in Rwanda to help, uh, but for me to better understand what the poss possibilities were. Go, it's again, it's just a matter of connecting those dots. And 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 really, we have to, It's as hard as it is not to push our own ideas forward about what we used to do, we really need to start with a clean slate and and, and start drawing from scratch as if the legacy did not exist. And then look at what people need today, because uh, the the older customers of these phone networks are disappearing, and uh, the uh, we, what we need are to put in place are young young. We need to take the Gen Zs and the Millennials, put them in charge of the phone companies, and let them solve, help them then bring them on board to help solve the problems that they're facing. Because this way, there'll be solutions for all generations, as just just solutions for their parents and grandparents. Yeah. There's a, an interesting question from YouTube also. Um, can you tell us more about how NFTs are being integrated into telecom services and what would be some revolutionizing use cases? You mentioned about eSIM was one of the examples, maybe. Yeah, I think see, that the thing about the APIs is that, you know, when I was growing up, there were things like sports phone and movie phone and uh, there was a, whether you could have a horoscope phone. If you wanted to deploy a service like that on the phone network, you'd literally have to spend millions of dollars of putting hardware at the core of the network and then deploying those services. 
These days and the near future, all you have to do is write some code and, and get to the service creation side and you'll be able to create those services with permission of whether it's KPN or maybe it's going to be Deutsche Telekom one day or maybe it's AT&T, maybe it's Verizon. I don't know every operator who's opening up their APIs, but eventually everybody should or at least should consider it. In terms of what's happening right now with NFTs, I know for a fact that they represent the tokenization of bandwidth by a few companies because because that's what Giant uh, Protocol is doing. I'm working on actually, so Free World Dial-Up, by the way, we mentioned it in the opening, it was the first phone network that ran on the internet seven years before Skype. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, um, we've been re-engineering the vision because next year is the 20th anniversary of the Pulver Order. And it was because of the, the uh, Free World Dial-Up that we had the standing to, to file for it. So we're, we're building FWD3, which is the first end-to-end uh, -end IP communication network optimized for Web3. And what we're doing is part of the gamification of onboarding people is everyone's going to have a, uh, not only will you have an account on, on, on FWD3, but you actually have a wallet. And what we're doing is every time somebody onboards themselves, they get an NFT, think of like uh, Foursquare with badges, or with, uh, but in our case, those badges are going to be delivered as NFTs to people's accounts. And then when you onboard, bring on 10 friends, you get an award. We're going to have a leadership board for gamification so that people can start to play games and, and we have to find the trigger points of what gets people more excited to make more calls, but we're going to use NFTs as an award system so people could just play. And I think that type of notification is what mobile operators in the future can also use to, to onboard customers and to, in between friends and family and during holiday season to send holiday cards to people and gift cards and being able to, for people who want to look at their billing. I imagine in the future, most mobile operators will deliver bills as NFTs. And they'll deliver messages as NFTs. No more, no more billing. Forget about paperless billing. Forget, no, it's gonna be NFT billing. And I, I think that becomes a way that we start to then verify, authenticate, and use NFTs differently than we used to. A true utility, true value statement where where all of a sudden, yeah, drop an NFT. And by the way, you and and by the way, two years ago, so many digital artists came to being. They have so much art out there as NFTs, license it, damn it, and, and put it out there and let people benefit from all the art that's been created. I do have my own NFT collection on OpenSea. Maybe one day you'll <laughs> check it out. <laughs> yes. Although I, I do believe that by that time, probably we'll rebrand the, the NFT as a, even a concept, right? Because it's like it has a, a little bit of like, you know, the, the past. Like, yeah, you know, I know. But, you know, we, but we, we'll we, see. We have to learn from the past. Yeah, again, I, I'm yes. not uh, advocating on behalf of what happened. But from a pure tech perspective, yes. I do think that we're dealing with breakthrough ideas that maybe we're not ready for prime time when they happened, 100%. but next they'll be more ready. Yes. And then there is another question, which has come to this like gamification side and like adoption, right? So from YouTube, uh, how um, have you come across any telecom provider successfully adopting crypto payments and what challenges or opportunities does this pose to the, for the industry? So, yes, I have. No, I can't say who they are, but, uh, <laughs> but I'll say this. Uh, uh, well, no, it's just complicated. I don't want to break any confidence here. But First. what I am aware of in general is that the the, the uh, onboarding platforms have always been a challenge. And and, and really, it's going to be those on-ramps, off-ramps that as, as that process gets simplified. And I'm not talking about not having to do KYC or any of that, because if you're an operator, You've actually did a know your customer process anyway, because they need to validate, verify who you are to become a customer. It's just how those on-ramps, off-ramps work in what countries and the, and the access and stuff. But it's, it's becoming easier. 
Uh, it's still a challenge, however, and so you have friction. And so whenever you have friction, people look for the easier way out at times. Yeah. Um, I, I do think this, though, that, that it will become commonplace within five years for a lot of the things we're speaking about right now to start to happen. Because uh, independent of us talking, I'm aware of a bunch of projects all over the world where, where th these things are taking place. Uh, uh, the project in Mexico right now to onboard people with, to just use an app on a smartphone to give them credits to have the ability to make calls is pretty amazing. Um, and, and that's a very simple use case of just interact, interacting with advertisers. Um, and so it's basically taking your time and do it and applying it that way. Um, when, it, when it comes to uh, building systems, I, I think, you know, creativity and innovation, it's not always associated with back office systems in any phone company. It's just, it just not. And, 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 and truth be told, uh, most innovation that happens in the phone companies, stuff was either from a company that was acquired or it was outsourced. So to be innovators inside, it's really new. And, and, and so you have, that's really where the fighting takes place. But uh, in the world that I'm living in, where we can look at APIs for service creation, for service availability, for eSIMs, uh, and, and for AI, magical stuff. I, I, see the, I see the innovation coming back and customers will be able to define the services that they want for their purposes because they can. And so that's mm -hmm. where, you know, if you grew up in a world where you know how to code, imagine you having the ability to define the services you want to do on your own phone. And, 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 and what's not obvious is that not everything is an app. Sometimes you need access yeah. to network services to get the data that you want to communicate with the endpoint that you want to get to. So we're at a almost a, a new golden age of telecom. You know, I got involved with voice over IP 95, 96, 97. That's when things started to happen when other people said, we don't play with toys. And two years later, those, those non-toy makers are, are spending hundreds of millions of dollars buying the next generation technology. We're sort of at that moment now where a lot of people thing but two three years from now they're gonna be using it I'm they're sure. gonna be deploying it and they're gonna be actually um innovating on it and and the thing about blockchain is you have both the public blockchain and of course you have private blockchain and what i think is happening right now is a lot of the operators are deploying internally stuff stuff which we'll never talk about but that's where they're mm -hmm. innovating and that they're building their own ecosystems uh yes. because they can um uh, in the short time that we have, there's an interesting question that you mentioned about 6G. So there's a question from YouTube. Uh, I saw something called blockchain-based 6G. Is this is this actually possible? And what does it mean in comparison to 5G? I, I think if you should find a good comic book writer from Marvel or DC and ask them, because right now the 6G spec is still under definition. And, and so it's still undefined. So however your imagination takes you, whatever superhero you associate with, go with that. Okay, that's a beautiful reply. Short and sweet. Um, and there's another question. Uh, in light of recent discussions of net neutrality, can you elaborate on how blockchain can ensure fair and equitable access to telecom services, especially in regions with limited connectivity? Um, no, because there are going to be biases. And, and the, one of the challenges with net neutrality, of course, is that even defining it creates biases. So it's it's uh, what we can say is that blockchain can help enforce policy. Blockchain can be used to help with smart contracts. We can create programmable, just the ways you do programmable securities, we can do programmable communications and we can set up routers that take different routes, but it, it's great for policy implementation, but it's up to the policymakers to define what net neutrality is 
and to negotiate what's what's desired, we can then use the technology to implement, uh, you know, independently, autonomously, perhaps, but we have to know what we're doing as opposed to defining it using the technology. And uh, one of the funny questions, which is just like I have to ask you, is it true that telecom is a mess in the United States and they have a better service, especially in Europe and Asia now? And why is that? We have robocalling. We have trouble with uh, with bad actors and robocalling in the U.S. By the way, it's going to Asia. It's going to Europe. Uh, Ofcom right now is looking at robocalling. It's stir and shaken. It's a problem worldwide. It just happened here first. So it's uh, it's messy here, and our mess is going abroad. Sorry. Uh, but but right now, it's a mess here. Hopefully, it gets better, but uh, don't yes. hold your breath. Now, and on the positive side, like, you know, you mentioned about, like, fall, like, in October 31st and Vaughn, like, you know, the evolution um the question is like will you be there personally well what can we see happening there which kind of environment should guests expect uh the guests should expect a high-end networking environment we have a bunch of projects coming and presenting senior executives from the telecom world from the world of ai the world of uh, defining 6g and the world of blockchain some of my friends who have projects crossing the nexus will be present uh, we're in New York. It's at vineevolution.com is more information. I'm at pulver.com as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to having a chance to uh, cut to the chase, no PowerPoints, meaningful conversations just like this, and having a chance to network and connect that world together. And uh, that's what people will benefit by, by coming to the event. Perfect. We're, we're definitely going to share the link. I'm going to be there to support you. Obviously, an amazing event. Whoever is in New York or who wants to fly there, like, you know, you're going to meet uh you know, jeff personally and i'm sure you know you're gonna love this uh there's uh amazing executives good atmosphere like so um i think this is like this is our chance to keep it like short and sweet like really really appreciate it here uh, jeff like the, in the 30 minutes like like incredible amount of valuable data points so and this is this is this is all about jeff the last point i'm just gonna mention you know, just as a as my personal like you know pet peeve like i like the the picture on the background that you see, this is Jeff's like you know the picture, and he's like as a astrophotographer, it's not a DC Marvel theme. Like he's actually like doing amazing photos. So if you go to his Instagram, you can enjoy. I'm a fan, so I'm like I'm just liking those pictures every time I see them. So, um, thank you for being with us. Really appreciate you. Thank you for having me, and thanks to everyone who asked the question. Yes, thank you so much, everyone, and we're gonna uh, see you each other. Uh, in about two weeks at uh, 12 p.m. EST and YouTube Live, Twitter Live, and LinkedIn Live. So thank you so much. Stay posted for more episodes from Bookcaster.